Okay, uh, today we are talking about uh, The Dark Side of the Moon by Pink Floyd. Uh, they were founded by the students Sid Barrett, uh, Nick Mason, Roger Walters and Richard White, Wright even. Uh, following personal tensions, Wright left the band in 79, followed by Walters in 85. Uh, Gilmore and Mason continued as Pink Floyd and uh, Wright rejoined at a later date. Dark Side of the Moon is the eighth studio album, and it was the first that Roger Walters took the lead vocals on as well. It was recorded at the Abbey Road Studios in two sessions between May 72 and January 1973. It's a concept album. Uh, the themes of Dark Side of the Moon explore conflict, greed, time, death, mental illness, and focused on the pressures the band faced during the arduous lifestyle and dealing with the apparent mental health problems suffered by former band member, Sid Barrett, who departed in 1968. Uh, certified platinum 14 times in the UK. It's topped the US Billboard LPs and tape charts, and it charted for, get this, 957 weeks, no less. That's 18 and a half years, believe it or not. 18 and a half years That's in the charts. Crazy. Amazing. Uh, it sold over 250 million copies worldwide. It's the one of the best-selling music artists of all time. Uh, for me, the album, it's an iconic album. It's a picture of a prism, and it's uh, designed by Storm Thorgon and Audrey Powell. Uh, it depicts a glass prism with light going through it, representing the three elements of the band's stage lighting, the album lyrics, and a simple and bold design, quote-unquote. Personally, I'd forgotten how good that album was uh, when I heard it back. I hadn't listened to that one for uh, quite a while, actually. I enjoyed the, uh, particularly the vocal harmonies between Richard White and David Gilmore. Standout tracks for me, uh, Great Gig in the Sky, uh, Money and Brain Damage. Uh, there's some trivia that I'm going to throw in a bit later on, but we'll start off with David, if you may. David, what do you think of Dark Side of the Moon? Well, um, judging from what you've said, I'm pretty much of the same opinion as you, I think. This is, um, for me, this is one of the uh, classic rock albums of all time, um, demonstrating the band's innovation and musical prowess. Um, and it's an album that I can hear over and over again without tiring of it. Um, just looking at, well, running through sort of fairly quickly the tracks, the first one, Speak to me, breathe. Um, yeah, I mean, this, this is a, it's a great start to an album. Um, starting off with the innovative heartbeat, which is something, you know, I've never heard on, on an album before. And then drifting into snippets of side conversation and laughter, um, leading on to an anguished, uh, anguished cry. Uh, and then the guitar breaking in, which is just fantastic. Um, there's a lovely slow rhythm as it moves into Breathe, um, linking the importance of um, the heartbeat to living and breathing. So a great opening track for me. Um, second one, On the Run. Again, I love the, uh, the rhythmic electric sound it starts off with, like a train going over the, uh, the joints in rails. And then the um, sort of muffled public uh, railway announcements and the suggestion of imminent movement. Um, and then just sitting listening to it, you know, the electronic sound traveling and running across the speakers from left to right is just, um, is just brilliant. Um, against a, a quiet rhythmic drumming and then the fast train at the end going through the tunnel, first 
sort of muffled and then exploding out of it and then the ultimate crash. So I think that's fantastic, innovative use of electronic sound and, and a great second, second track to the album. Time, uh, well, I'm, I'm particularly in clock. So this was always going to be one of my favourites and starts with a ticking of the clock and then an alarm going off and then the chiming of a long case and a tower clock all striking and chiming together, um, finishing off with just the, the long case striking um, and leading into really deep bass guitar notes and higher pitch notes, um, which again is picking up on, on the long case striking. Um, and, and for me, there's, there's sort of two themes to this. Um, the first one that um, time once lost cannot be regained but that all time, um, however long or short, can be well spent. And the, and the second theme is um, time seems to be less valuable to the young um, and more precious as you get older, um, as it starts to race away from you. So that, again, another super track. Uh, great gig in the sky, yeah, an another favourite. I mean, superb anguish singing without a word being said, um, recognises the comparative imminence of death for everyone and suggests that uh, life after death could exist. Um, and if it did, it could well, out, um, well surpass the enjoyment of actually life on Earth. Um, so there's a thought for us all. Uh, fifth one, money. Um, again, opens with the you know, great sounds of uh, cash bills ringing and... Uh, uh, note counting machine singing along. Superb bass playing on this. Um, again, an interesting theme of um, money benefits, well, the, the benefits that money can bring, but inevitably at the cost of inequality in society. So David Gilmore's guitar playing is absolutely mesmerising on this. Also, the sax uh, solo that's on that track as well by uh, Dick Parry is quite useful as well. Yeah. It's fantastic. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Oh, there was three sort of like elements to that particular track, if you like. The bass from Walters, which is, as you said, a classic uh, bass riff. The sax and then the guitar playing as well. Sorry. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, Us and Them. Well, this is, this is probably my favourite track um, and sort of epitomises for me what the whole album is about. Um, in fact, it, you know, this track vividly brings back memories of the mid-70s to me when we sometimes invite a few friends round for an evening, um, put this album on, um, have a few drinks and a smoke, and just sit there listening to the fantastic music. So um, that's, that's a, a, a great um, track. Uh, gorgeous sax um, and keyboard, keyboard work throughout, and there's an awful lot going on in that. Um, again, I think, you know, the general theme of inequality in society sort of empiric victory of being wealthy or privileged or in a position of power, which in the end doesn't really matter because life is so short-lived uh, short uh, and we all die anyway. Um, <laughs> what is it? How we can yeah, cheerful note. <laughs> but what is important is, is, is how we conduct ourselves and, and how we behave to others. Um, and then moving on to well, any, any colour you like. I mean, this is, you know, 
pure psychedelic rock, great keyboarding, guitar work. Um, I mean, I love the flow of the sending notes and sort of foot-stopping chords. That's absolutely brilliant. Um, and then Brain Damage and Eclipse. Um, yeah, again, love, love the sound of, uh, of this. Um, ending up, you know, with a, with a question, well, is there actually a dark side of the moon? Who knows? Mm. Uh, but again, uh, you know, track of, 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 I think every track on this album is of the, is the highest quality. Um, so for me, it's, it's absolutely brilliant and uh, one of my all-time favourites. Excellent. So you liked, you liked it, David, did you? <laughs> I saw sitting on the on the fence a bit. Yeah, yeah. I noticed. Uh, Steve, what do you think? I um, first came across this album probably a few months after it first came out, and when Money was released as a single, um, I wasn't uh, into Pink Floyd at all. I thought in when it came out, what a great album. Um, occasionally listened to it over the years. Played it again last week on headphones and thought, wow. Played it again this morning, completely blown away with it. I just sat in silence listening from the first heartbeat to the last heartbeat as the album fades out. This is a masterpiece. Every, the, the musicality, the, 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 the musicians on it just at the peak of their form. Absolutely brilliant from start to be. As David said, not a duck track on the album. The sax playing, clear coloured vocals um, on uh, the great big in the sky. Just absolutely fantastic. Pretty much as good as an album can get. So we might be getting. I, 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 I said last week I didn't think um, it was their best album. I played this, and then I played Wish You Were Here. Yeah. It's a pretty damn... I mean, anybody that can follow this up with Wish You Were Here just shows how good these guys were in the early to mid-70s. Absolutely fabulous. Okay. Interesting. Uh, I fear we may not be getting another two this week, then. <laughs> I think that's a pretty fair bet that a two is off the agenda. Okay. <laughs> Andy, what do you think? Well, David said everything, hasn't he? In in his um, um lovely oration of thirty five minutes, I think he's actually gone through every track. <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't really give us much chance to say much, does it? Oh, However, plenty. there's plenty. It's as long as the album, what he just said, isn't it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Same length as the album. Sorry, However, I didn't realize there was a time limit on this. <laughs> He's actually said most of what I'm going to say, but I'll put it anyway. Lots of instrumental pieces with synthesizers and keyboards or organs together with guitars, drums, saxophones, amongst others, make this album progressive and in places psychedelic. There's an interesting use of outside effects like cash register, which apparently was a string of old penny coins on money. A cacophonous sound of clocks ticking in time, and the sound of a heli- helicopter in on the run, together with a heartbeat in eclipse, laughter in brain damage, and what I can only describe as a female voice who has lost her ability to form her vocal cords into words as she screeches in great gig in the sky. 
That would be Claire that, Torrey, by the way. It is, yeah. yes. <laughs> However, they all add to the richness of the album. Lots of good songs. Time opens with those clocks and a light drum solo. Electric guitar joins as the tempo builds to a crescendo and a woman calling out, oh, oh, oh. I've heard that many times, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> Not for a while, I bet. <laughs> uh, a little bit of country rock influence there, I think. Um, great gig in the sky is good with a melodic piano, drums and guitar, spoken words and that dyslexic female, Claire Torres. Money has a good upbeat tempo with a fine guitar solo and an instrumental jamming session. But, like David, my favourites are Us and Them, Any Colour You Like and Brain Damage. Okay. They blend into one another. Us and Them's starting slowly with organ and then a sax solo and harmonies, joining building to the chorus before becoming more peaceful again with a further jazzy sax solo as the voices build to a crescendo to finish and lead into Any Colour You Like, which is, as David says, a psychedelic instrumental for organ and guitar. And this, in turn, merges into Brain Damage, the song that warns us of the perils of mental health and contains the album title... Uh, what's it called? Oh, Dark Side of the Moon. It is cathartic and slow, but engaging. A song with melody and purpose and a sing-along ability, proving that rock doesn't always have to be loud and head-banging. I enjoyed listening to this album again in more detail. Okay. Howard. Right. Well, a lot of what I was going to say has already been said, which is a difficulty of going later, maybe. Um, but I was quite interested in some of the techniques they used for getting the sounds, and I, I learned that they went to Abbey Road to produce the sounds. Um, which was interesting because I was actually at Abbey Road myself and I don't know if I've mentioned it when I was in the Rock Choir uh, we did a five hour recording in Studio One and it's a fascinating place I don't know if anyone's been there but uh, yeah. did you walk they, across the, um, the Zebra uh, Crossing? Yeah zebra I did crossing. walk across the Zebra Crossing I've actually got a photograph of me on there on the <laughs> Zebra Crossing Good like, man, good man Yeah yeah, I had shoes on, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, I had the uh, t-shirt on as well. But I mean, it was a great experience. But no one thing I did enjoy was looking at some of this old equipment that was used in the making of these recordings. They had the synthesizers, um, they had the keyboards, and and a whole raft of equipment really, which was really interesting you know some of it it dates back to the 60s I, I would say um so it, that was interesting um now a lot that's been said i i don't really want to repeat really because uh, i'll just have a look and see what i've said um yeah i, I did like um the bit with the jazz influence in it and I love the saxophone, and it was beautiful playing, and the guitar playing was amazing. Hmm. And the sort of duet between them was really something. Okay. There was a story I heard about the uh, lady that... What's that noise? Open the door, Mark. <laughs> um, but what I yeah, found, sorry about that. 
I mean, to start with, I have to confess that I wasn't a Pink Floyd fan. I mean, I was probably into other sorts of music. Um, but I do remember Money. That's a very catchy tune, and I, I really enjoyed that. Um, so I listened to the album and, and find, well, found it hard to appreciate the first time I listened to it recently. Um, but then I read up on it and read the background about it was all about the mental health issues, really. And the story is very interesting. Then I watched a concert on YouTube and I really began to appreciate it far more. So I've listened to it three times now and it's definitely growing on me. So, uh, so, so this that, was the first time you'd actually heard it when we decided yes. to review this? Yeah, when you said it, I, I didn't even know who it was, to be quite honest. <laughs> Pink Floyd. You've led a yeah. very well, sheltered life, Floyd, Howard. But I didn't oh, yeah. associate this tune. So I have to be feel years to get to listen to it. Wow. <laughs> so it's been years. a new experience for me, but I must admit, it, it, having listened to it, um, it's made me feel quite sad, really. Um, the story. You are, um, I haven't heard it before. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, nonetheless, sorry. you know, it's a it's a wonderful bit of music. Um, the particular concerts really give it atmosphere, and they had videos on the concerts as well, which was good. I don't know. Did anyone go to a concert? Yeah. Only, only Eddie. Oh, yeah, concerts. Yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah. 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 yeah, but yeah, I thought it was amazing, really. Okay. Um, so I've, my marks have been going up. Well, hold on to the marks for a minute. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. But certainly, money was the one I liked, and us and them I loved. I loved the jazz, jazz influence, um, and with the Hammond organ as well. Wonderful. Um, and also, I like a bit of synthesized music as well and instrumentals. So it had a bit of everything in there. Um, and the guitar Apagio in Brain Damage as well was good. And I, I read a, a quote. I know we're not supposed to quote things, but the German, this was about brain damage. And there was a German literally scholar and theorist, uh, Frederick Kilter, attached great relevance to the song. And he referred to its lyrics as well as to its technological arrangement for him. The three verses stage, the sound, technological evolution from mono to stereo, culminating in total maddening surround sound. So there we go. Excellent. Did anyone uh, go and see the exhibition <laughs> up at the V&A? To the where? There, there was a Pink Floyd exhibition up at the V&A, um, oh, three or four years ago at least. Yeah, I hope yes. he comes back again. Yeah. That'd be great to go Yeah, I, I actually went up and saw it. It was fantastic, actually. Very good. Uh, yeah, yeah, very good. Brought back yeah. quite a few memories as well. And just a, yeah. a bit of trivia before we give it marks. Oh, don't worry, Eddie, I haven't forgotten about you. Um, no, that's all right. It's all been said. <laughs> they, they actually put their hand in their pockets to uh, fund Monty Python's Flying Circus because they, the uh, Pythons were struggling to raise the cash. And uh, they chipped in 200,000 on the back of the sales of Dark Side of the Moon to, to fund the movie, so which I thought it was quite good. Um, mm. But never realised that. Never realised that. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Eddie, take well, it away. There's only, there's only one word to say about this album. Well, I'm going to crap. No, I'm yeah. joking. It's all right. No, I tell you what, seriously, it's probably. I haven't done any homework on this. I never do. 
and I rely on other people to come up with the right information, but I could just give my little opinion. Um, you either, with this album, you either like it or you love it. I've never heard anybody say a bad word about it. It's absolutely, it's, it's to me, I think, I think, I'm right to say it, this is probably the best album that's ever been made in the history of record making, as far as I'm concerned. It's, it's absolutely perfect. And for four guys in their 20s, and obviously Alan Parsons, I don't know what age he was, people now either. I mean, what a fantastic job, and how creative can you be? You know, this is just sensational, it really is. But what I was going to say was, from the very beginning, David was talking about when it kicks in, the anticipation, when it starts up, you know something big's going to happen. You know it's going to be, it's like going to see a really big film, you know it's going to be fantastic. And it had that from the beginning, and it didn't let up until the end. And at the end, all you want to do is put it over and play it again. But a few little, um, I've made some notes here. You can't see that on the uh, podcast. But as they're talking, I'm making some notes. Um, one thing Howard said to me, that said, anyone seen Pink Floyd? I saw them when Metal came out in 71. Um, and then I saw them again at the Hills Court. Remember when the stage collapsed at the Hills Court shows? About mid-80s or late-80s, I think it was. Mm. I saw them there. The, the, the lighting show was absolutely unbelievable. And musicianship, you know, you, you could be... You, it could have been the record that they were playing. It was that good, but obviously it was live atmosphere. Um, the Australian Pink Floyd, I'd highly recommend to anybody who wants to see a tribute to Pink Floyd. They, again, you can shut your eyes when they're playing, and it could be the real band. But a couple of little asides here. Um, I'm going to digress, Mark, if that's all right. We've got, Steady. Yeah, I'm going to be careful with this one, but it's you can cut this out if you want to. When you do your <laughs> he will. He will. <laughs> a mate of, a mate of, well, what we used to do, one thing first of all, before I talk about the other thing I was going to talk about was when I was young, we all thought you had to get stoned and listen to this sort of music, you know. And we'd be sitting there with the old um, the shoe of the oil and the, the, the um, you know, uh, uh, what do you call it? What are those smoky things you used to send up in the air? Um, help me out, somebody. Cigarettes. No, no, no. Um, are you talking about bongs? My brain's been damaged too much, I'm sorry. Anyway, we used to sit around listening to all this very stone, you know, in teens and twenties, and I thought well, you have to do that, we appreciate it. But then as Steve was saying, I've played it the last few days as well, and it's absolutely brilliant. And I now I can't stop playing it. I've just been on this three hour ridiculous journey up to tooting about. I had it on all the time. The the dog was going mad. But I just said, I'm full blast in the car. Um, anyway, that was one thing about it. But the song, uh, the, the Great Gear in the Sky, my best friend at the time, a guy called Mike. Now, most of us, when we were in our teens, if you wanted to pleasure yourself in your bedroom, you went out and got Health, health and Efficiency. You remember Health and Efficiency magazine? Well, my mate Mike, he swore all we had to do was put on Great Gear in the Sky. You could crack one off. Every time, I can't believe, believe it. No, no visual help at all. It's quite amazing. Um, so that's something about the album. If you can do that to this particular album, but overall, I'm glad I left you at last, Eddie. I really am. <laughs> I just thought it's worth sharing with you because I'm not, I, you wouldn't believe it, would you? Really, it's something. It sounds like something that somebody make up. A bit like the green shoe stamp, isn't it? But you know, it's, it's absolutely true. Um, I could probably get hold of his number and, and confirm it if you want me to. But uh, he was, he was, I mean, this came out in 1973. I think we were 19 at the time. Um, and it made a real impression on all of us in my crowd of friends anyway. And um, it's, it's, it's never been beaten. 
Wish you were here was great, but I mean, are you trying to this... get all these innuendos in here? I wish it was beaten and never made a mess. Go on, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, I absolutely love it. And um, I was hoping Howard was going to give it marks for the individual tracks today, but I just interested in what he would have come up with because I mean, there can't be a track on there that's less than nine out of ten. Mm. Um, I would, I'd be amazed if you could actually sure. put them yeah. lower than that. Yeah. And if Steve, if Steve comes up with two out of ten. I'm going to be straight around this house as soon as this is over. <laughs> yeah. So I, 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 Mark, I, I quite, quite enjoyed it, as you can imagine. Yeah, yeah? good. Well, I think that's probably uh, the first album that we've all really uh, raved about. Yeah. Is, I think uh, the, way, the way that all the tracks run into each other mm. as well. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Brilliant. Even when the complete change of tempo in the. Yeah. Very clever. Very clever. Yeah. So who do you think, uh, was, it, was this mostly down to Alan Parsons? Or, I think uh, the synthesizer was. I think the, the use of the, um, the the spoken voices and just randomly recording Storm and, and engineers yeah. and friends and, and just yeah. playing these things. Over. And I think you appreciate it so much more over headphones, good quality yes, yes. headphones, than yeah. struck vinyl that it was back yeah. in the 70s. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. Um, yeah. The pirate quality was so much better. Um, I think that's why I, I, I just loved it so much hearing it again. Steve, didn't you tell me something about Claire Torrey? How much she got paid the other day, Steve? You I don't know. She, she sued Pink Floyd. Yes. She um, got 30 quid, didn't she? She thought she should have had some uh, credit More money. for writing that. Because it's just free-form free yeah. vocals, and, and they yeah. settled out of court with her. Yeah, but she can't even say a word. Well, she, they, she's not singing anything other than, yeah, it's just a free-form vocal of, of whatever. Just Anguish. Yeah. Is, this, is, this, um, is this Alan Parsons? Is that before he was the um, yes. DJ on that Norfolk radio station? <laughs> <laughs> You're not serious, was that Alan Partridge? Oh! It's not the same one. <laughs> That's not a bad joke, that one, Andy. I'll use that again sometime. <laughs> <laughs> knowing me, knowing you. Yeah, yeah. Okay, any, anyone else like to chip in? Are we all good? Well, yeah, I think what's, what Steve was saying was right about that uh, she got short change. And there was one quote said she got paid £60 and another £30. Yeah. I heard that. Uh, and then, and then she found for actually singing that, yeah. Yeah, she then said she didn't actually know what she was singing, that she didn't realise it was going on a, a, an album like this and it was going to sell so many copies. So then she decided to try and yeah. sue them and they settled out of court. Yeah. But well, she, they can probably afford on, it. She though. went on to sing with the Alan Parsons uh, project, so yeah. she probably did all right. Yeah, you, you were saying, uh, Mark, about the saxophone. Was it yeah. guy, was it Dick, Dick Parry? Dick Parry, yeah. Because yeah. on the next album, wasn't it Rad Ravenscroft on, Rad the, on the next Ravens. album? No, he played on uh, Baker Street, Jerry Rafferty. Uh, 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 did yeah, Dick yeah, Parry yeah. sax solo yeah. on... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, That's another Dick classic Parry, solo. Toys, but Dick, Dick, I mean, Dick pa I saw Dick Parry playing with um, Dave Gilmore, maybe, mm. I don't know, within the last 10 years anyway. Right, OK, I mean, yeah. Well, I think we've uh, reached Mark's time. This one could be a tricky one. I might have to take my socks off to count this one up, but here we go. Uh, David. Um, well, it's, it's certainly um, the, the best album 
to me that we've reviewed so far. Okay. Um, but even if I hadn't uh, reviewed any of the other albums, <laughs> I'd have given this a very high mark. So I come in with 9.5. Ooh, okay. Uh, Howard? Right, well, I, I started off, first time I heard it, with a 7. Um, then I sort of read up on it and watched the video and, and thought 9. Um, and then I was going to say 8, but I think it's worth 8.5. Setting in on 8.5, yeah? Yeah, 8.5. Okay. Andy? Nine. Eddie? Well, what did I give for the six pistols last week? I think nine. That was a, nine. Was that nine. I've got to give a bit more than that, haven't I? So, Ten, I think about nine, same as nine and a half. Nine and a half, yeah. yeah. It's so good, yeah. And Steve? Um, I'm... Here we go. I'm, I'm 9.5. Good man. That's pretty damn close to perfect. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm going to go 9.5 as well then, um, hey. which surprised me. 47.5. Okay. No. There's got six to be more than that. One, two, six three, of us, Andy. Can't 47 and a half. One, That's for five three, people. What about six five, people? Five nines are 45, plus eight yeah. is 53, <laughs> 54, 55 and a half, I'll make that. Okay, yeah. I missed one off. Uh, you're supposed to be a captain as well. Nine point. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just forty-five and it's fifty. Fifty-five and a half. Fifty-five and a half. Yeah, fifty-five. Divided by half. six. Nine. Just over That's nine. Nine point two five. Mm. Nine two five. Yeah. Nine. Yeah. Okay. Best so far, isn't it? So Dark Side of the Moon, top, nine and a quarter. That? Uh, oh, I reckon so. I reckon there's one or two albums out there that would uh, give it a run for their money, yeah. in my humble yeah. opinion. Yeah. Uh, 